On this episode, we sit down with Liz Vaynerchuk Novello to hear how she went from teacher of the year to top producing real estate agent in New Jersey in just a few short years. You'll hear how her first year did not go according to plan at all and what she did to turn the corner and have a thriving business. The Massive Agent Podcast. We lead generation tips and strategies to get you more leads and sell more homes. I love to buy houses. I like to sell houses. It takes brass balls to sell real estate. Wait a minute. The leads are weak. You're weak. I've had better. Oh, have I got your attention now? Here's your host, Dustin Brome. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 125 of the Massive Agent Podcast. What a freaking awesome interview we have today with uh, just such an amazing woman, such an amazing real estate agent, and a really fun conversation. So Liz Novello is an agent with Sotheby's in New Jersey. She's been an agent for just shy of three years now, and Liz is actually the younger sister of Gary Vaynerchuk. So she has a very interesting story of getting started in the real estate industry. And and it, it's really cool to hear some of the stuff behind the scenes that was happening. You would think that, you know, and she knows this, we talked about this in the interview, but you'd You'd think that being the younger sister of Gary Vee and having access not just to him but to Tom Ferry, for example, which you're, you'll hear about, and others, that she right off the bat, right out of the gate, she would just kill it, sell 100 homes the first year and you know off into the wind. But no – or wait, no, off into the sunset. That's the right one. Off into the sunset. But that's not what happened. She sold one home in her first year. But it's it's what she did to turn the corner and what she did to flip the switch to really – to really thrive, that is so interesting. And she tells that story of why she didn't do so well her first year, despite all the access that she has that that pretty much no one else does, um, but how she's really niched down, found what works for her. It's a great story. So let's get into it here in just a sec. If you are new to the show, welcome. My name is Dustin Brome, your host. I am a realtor in Salt Lake City, Utah with eXp Realty. I'm the co-founder of the Industry Syndicate Real Estate's podcast network. I am a national speaker on all things real estate marketing and podcasting. And thank God you guys have heard me in a previous episodes say that I used to be a speaker when we had these things called events, but those events are coming back. I have some that are already getting booked for uh, for October and September, so that's super exciting. I'm going to be in Scottsdale in early October, and then there's a few more that I'll announce once they're solidified. So I'm excited to get back, uh, back on the road, meet some of you guys, speak on some stages, travel. I love traveling. Uh, I also write a weekly column for Housing Wire, and I am founder of the One Agent Per Market Lead Gen program called the Massive Agent Society. You can check out the details over at MassiveAgentSociety.com. Before I get into the interview, I want to give a shout out to one of our society members, Wayne Bennett. Just uh, He's in the Charlotte, Fort Mill, South Carolina area, um, suburbs. He got 450 leads in three weeks, average about 70 cents per lead. This is insane. He told me that on Mother's Day, he got 45 leads. He's like, I, this is insane. This is the best ever. Um, and all he did was copy and paste an ad that we have in our database. And he followed the instructions. So Wayne, congratulations. I'm glad to hear that you're thriving. Those are not common results. They're not uncommon, but to that extent, they're not super common. But I don't know about you. If I could just get that half right, 
I'm totally stoked. So Wayne, congratulations. All right, guys, if you have not yet subscribed to the show, please do. Then you do not miss an episode. We come out with a new one every Thursday morning. But uh, if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Pocket Casts, or wherever you listen, you get a notification every time a new episode drops, and you'll never you'll never get behind. So please do that. It also is a way for you to help us out by showing the algorithms on these podcast platforms that the show is in demand. It helps us to be seen by more people, show up higher in the podcast search rankings, and grow a larger audience and attract bigger and better guests like our guest today, Liz Novello, uh, the younger sister of Gary Vee. Super cool. What I Before we start the interview, she's done, she's done so much on her own. Okay, I, I've seen some – how do I even word this? I really wanted to celebrate her and what she has done because as you will hear, just because you have access to information or access to people does not mean that you will be successful unless you take certain actions and you do certain things. She's going to tell that story and you're going to be like, wow, like, yes, you have full control over what happens in your business. Okay. Spoiler alert. You have full control and you're going to hear exactly what that looks like. Let's get into it with Liz Novello. What's up, guys? I'm here with Liz Novello. Welcome, Liz, to the Massive Agent Podcast. How are you doing? Very well. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. You have such an interesting story, and, and that story I want to be heard today because you, you're somebody who, because of your family, because of you know, um, your older brother, uh, you've had access that to certain people and certain um, you know, leaders within industries that most agents don't. And so you're a fairly new agent, I believe, right? So within the last couple of years or few years, before we get into that story, which is so interesting because spoiler alert, on your own, you've, you've really put in the work to be successful on your own. And, and that's what's being noticed, which is really cool. The story of how you got there and how you made that happen and how you're juggling being a full-time mom and homeschooling and every, all this craziness of, of today's world and you're still being successful, that story is where the value is at. So I really want to focus the majority of our time on that. But Liz, before we jump into that, in like 60 seconds or so, you know, how did you even get into the real estate industry? You know, how did that even happen? Sure. So I have always loved real estate. I think that um, it was always part of my childhood. My parents and my older brother immigrated from the for- former Soviet Union They moved into an apartment in Queens with my great-grandparents and my grandma and my aunt and uncle. And I was born six months later. Mm. And um, my parents eventually moved to New Jersey, uh, to Dover. And then my dad worked construction. So he did that. And then he would paint apartment buildings at night. And then he became a stock boy at a liquor store in Clark, New Jersey. And within five years, he went from stock boy knowing zero of the language uh, to managing being partners of that liquor store. Wow. And then opening up his own business. So part of my life, my, my mom always used to take us to open houses And she has always loved design and things like that. And she would get decorating ideas. And that's why when people come to open houses, I never get crazy. I know a lot of people just kind of, a lot of agents hate the looky-loos, but that Mm -hmm. was our family. 
And uh, my mom used to say, dream big. And I used to always find like the kids' room that they had set up as a model room. And I would dream about, you know, living in that space. So I think construction has always been part of my life. My parents went on to build their store, the wine library. Um, It's probably the most beautiful liquor store. I don't even know. I, I haven't even entered too many liquor stores in my lifetime, probably less than five, but it's a massive building and super gorgeous. They built their dream house. Um, it's something that I have a passion for myself with decorating and um, just what a home means. So I think, you know, a lot of my childhood really prepared me and made me want to get into real estate. So when did you get to the point where you're like, you know what, I'm going to get my license now. I'm going to be, I'm actually going to become a real estate agent. Wasn't it around the time of agent 2021 in 2019? Yeah. So it's so funny. So for many years, um, I was a stay home mom for almost seven years or roughly seven years. And I was a teacher prior, um, was staying home with my kids. And during that time I would send listings to my mom. Like I would find homes and be like, what do you think? And then I would like tell her what I would change about the house. And, and, uh, or if I go to my friend's house, I'm always thinking about, they should knock that wall down. So I've always thought about it, but you know, being a stay home mom, having that privilege to stay home with my children, I felt really guilty for even thinking that I wanted to do something outside my home, but I just kept having this push of like, gosh, I would be the best agent because I love people. I love helping people. And I love the meaning of a home and design. So um, for years, I would say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. And then finally, um, my older brother takes me on one trip a year, international trip, and he sent a car for me. And I literally logged on to Milburn Professional Business School and signed up for real estate class uh, with nerves. But I knew that if I got on that plane and said, I'm gonna, he was going to punch me in my face. So I signed up for real estate school. I took the course and 72 hours after I was licensed, I was at agent 2021. Oh, wow. That's cool. So that was January, 2019. Uh, awesome event. I was, I was at that one, not the first one, but the, the 2019 one. Um, Okay, so what so were that your was 2018, right? I think that's 2018. Was it the one on the field or on the tennis courts? On the field. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. I was not at that one. Yep. Okay, so yeah, that was 2018. Yep. Cool. Uh, wow. So, I mean, perfect setting to you get your license and you're like, okay, what do I do now? Now you're dropped in the middle of all these amazing thought leaders for the industry. Yep. Um, tell us about that journey. So, you got your license. What I'm kind of curious too, like what were your, what were you thinking yep. the, the path would look like and what did it actually look like for you? Let's talk very, about that. Yeah. I mean, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to agent 2021. I felt empowered that this stay at home mom was licensed and that I was a Vaynerchuk and I had that sales blood in me and I was going <laughs> to crush it. And uh, my first year was super humbling. I mean, when I, I tell you a humble pie like no other. I only sold one house that first year, period. Okay. I sold one home. And I thought I was going to like take down every agent, right? Like I was like, I'll show them. I didn't show anybody anything. Um, I, I definitely was humbled. 
I did a lot of high-end rentals that year. You know, the one thing I did, uh, my very first transaction was with an NFL football player for a rental. And, and I did get that from my brother and it was a Jets player. So of course it was a Jets player. It wasn't a Patriots player. So for me, um, but yeah, that first year I, I really realized, uh, not only through a lot of self-reflection, but also, you know, at the time I'd met Tom Ferry at the first age in 2021. And I didn't even know that he was a big deal. Like I, I, I just would say Tom and people would be like, are you talking about Tom Ferry? And so he called me a couple months in after we met and, and literally said, what are you doing? And I, Hmm. and I, I didn't know. I was like, well, I'm kind of, you know, dabbling, but not. And so as my brother would say, like, you can't be half pregnant. I was half pregnant. I was a secret agent. I wasn't sharing because I was so afraid of failure or what people would think. I, I wasn't ready to be exposed to my friends because I had stayed home. A lot of my mom, uh, mom friends were stay at home moms. Not all of them were super supportive, you know, of the idea or maybe it made them question their own life. But I was really nervous. And like the day that Tom Ferry called me, I realized like I better get it together because if I want to be successful, I have to go all in. Mm, Yes. So you weren't your first year. I wasn't. And in fact, I was with a different brokerage that I am with now. And I realized, you know what? It's time to change everything. Mm. It's time to be with people that, I really could grow from um, people that were doing, uh, you know, things that I wanted to do. Um, And so I had started with a new brokerage the start of my second year. And I'm still with um, the Gosling Group and uh, with Sotheby's, actually diagonal from my dad's store on Milburn Avenue. So I could literally wave to Wine Library Every morning morning that I go there. So yeah, back to like what I consider my old stomping grounds because my dad's store was always such an anchor of my childhood. We would go there just to see my dad. He used to work pretty much every day until I turned 10. So um, our mom would bring us there. That's cool. Um, So what did you change when you said that you went all in? You 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 changed brokerages. You made a decision more, you know, most importantly, what did you do different? You know, what did going all in look like for you? Yeah, I think it was just being true and authentic to my life. So like sharing with people that I'm an agent and like, Mm. regardless of being scared or not, uh, pushing myself. Um, it was head down and doing what Tom Ferry preaches. It's, you know, head down and learning the actual grind of the business, learning, learning, learning. For me, it was all about mastering uh, and and still today, I think there's always an aspect of this business that is new and changing and evolving and just learning the basics. Right. Because I know that I have something different, but I knew that I needed to learn the basics. Absolutely. Did you find that once you started to learn the basics that it boosted your confidence, which helped you yeah. do everything else better or did it look different? Yeah. You know this, like your first sale makes you a little more confident. The next deal makes you a little bit stronger. The following deal feels much better, you know? Totally. And now 
starting, you know, year three, like this past week, I did more deals than, than my first year, you know, and we're in a pandemic. So um, I think just really teaming up with the right people um, and really learning the business was key. So it's just exposing myself, which is not easy. Right. Um, but being okay with whatever that looked like. What are some of those basics? The, the, the things that you really focused on, what are some of those things? So Tom told me in that conversation when he called me as I was driving to pick up my son from preschool, my daughter from preschool, and I pulled over. He said, Liz, you have to call every expired listing. Hmm. I was like, I don't like calling. <laughs> yep, well, I'm with you. <laughs> and asking them for th- things because in my family, like, you rather die than ask for anything. Like, do not ask anybody for one thing. Figure it out, right? So I said, I don't like asking people. I feel like I need to prove myself is what I said. And he said, Liz, you're not proving yourself. Call them. Don't ask them for one thing. Just understand why the expired listing occurred. Why did their sale not happen? And you will find out that it's basically the same thing. As I know now, it's always down to price, uh, communication, things like that. So um, I think it made me have my guard down because I didn't feel like I was asking them for their business. I was just inquiring. Right. I really like that approach, actually. I mean, so many, so many people, they're like, you've got to call expireds and you got to convert them and get the listing and, you know, blah, 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 get in the door. Well, then you are like literally, it's an adversarial conversation, usually, because you have to convince them of something. Sure. And, you know, there's people on YouTube with their headsets in reading right. scripts that do that all day long. And that's, that's not me. Obviously, that's not you. But you just called and said, hey, What's going on? Why didn't this sell? And so that that helped you understand the overall market and the workings of of the industry. So um, I imagine that built some confidence. Definitely, definitely. And also just realizing I really am able to engage in conversation very easily with people. Mm -hmm. Um, I do care. I do think that, you know, there's a reason why people list their house. It's sad when their home doesn't sell because there's a reason they wanted to sell it because a, they had a downsize B, you know, they wanted to live closer to their kids and grandkids. So just having conversation and being caring really is how I think of it now, instead of like, let me just get your listing. Right. You know, and I, and I, and I think there's a lot of great agents making those calls using those scripts. My script just looks different. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not a scripted person by all means, but, you know, listening to Tom Ferry, you know, I really think he has some great things to, that he puts out there that are useful and that makes sense to me. And so using those scripts in the way I understand and internalize them. I still, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about you. You just picked your kids up. You just left the carpool line. You're like, hold on, kids. I got to talk to Tom Ferry for a minute and we'll get back to, um, that's, that's just not normal for most agents, but, but that's awesome. Um, what else, like what other things helped you in the first part of your career? Um, your relationship with Tom Ferry, obviously, um, just being able to hear from your brother and, and, you know, marketing, 
yes. basics, marketing uh, yeah. techniques and everything. Like what, what else helped you that you, that maybe gave you a, I don't want to say unfair advantage cause that's stupid. Um, but more of a head start. Like it, it just helped you jump sure. start and jump to uh, success quicker. The biggest head start jump start was when I was doing a video of a home, touring a home. And my mom used to watch this show, uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And <laughs> this guy with yeah. an accent would walk around. Um, his mind, his name is slipping my mind, but he would walk around and show. Robin Leach? Yes, Robin yep. Lee, and he would showcase these homes. And so I love that. I used to watch MTV Cribs yep. and want to see what's in the fridge, you know, that, or like their, their big line was like, this is where all the magic happens. So I was showcasing where all the magic happens, where, you know, where, where these homes are. And um, I sent it to my brother and I said, I sent it to my brother Gary and said, what do you think of my video? And I was at an open house, so I did the video, and people were coming in, and I just kept hearing my phone go bling, 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 bling. Uh, I went from 500 followers, if 500, to 15,000 in two hours. On Instagram? On Instagram. <laughs> wow. But was that when he's like, hey, my sister's in the business? Yeah. Like, yes. I think I remember that. And by the yeah. way, I had no idea, and... I used Waze to like travel home. I didn't even know how to get home because I didn't know how to even turn off my notifications. I wasn't, I randomly maybe posted five things on Instagram. So I was like, what is happening? And I didn't even realize like all these people were now following me. So he said to me, you better answer all of them uh, and thank them in the comments. Or if they're DMing you, you better, you know, respond. And he said, here you go you better do this every single day. You better put out content. And, and I was like, uh, and from that day in August, I have never not put out content. Now I don't put out enough content, but there is not one day that I've ever missed. I had the flu in February, not, not this crazy stuff, but flu A and I was literally shaking and sweating and still posting my my mother-in-law had passed and we were driving. We couldn't get a flight and we drove seven hours to North Carolina. I was posting rain, shine, happy, sad. I am posting every single day. I am commenting every single day. I am responding uh, to DMs every single day. Um, so that has been a big part, the big push and the biggest part probably that's really changed my business this year and where I'm actually being something that I worked on every single day for, you know, all these years and now coming into fruition. So I think a lot of people are always looking for that quick turnaround, that quick um, deal. But I'm finally seeing that my Instagram com community is pulling through for me. My hard work is paying off on that. So that's the biggest part. So is Instagram the your platform of choice, the your go-to? Yeah. You know, it's so interesting and, and I know I have to diversify, but it's like, it's the place where I feel the most comfortable. I love uh, the community that I've built. Um, the reason I didn't do Facebook originally and it started with being a secret agent is because mm. my Facebook originally was, you know, my kids' pictures and, and me and my close family and friends. 
Right. And I wasn't ready to expose myself. So I, I didn't do much on there because I wasn't ready to showcase it. And now that I built such a community on Instagram, it's kind of hard because I'm like, I, I love watching, like even yesterday for Mother's Day, commenting on many moms, mom friends through Instagram that I've made, like really having that connection. So it's been really fun. And, uh, and I know I have to diversify. I mean, my brother says it all the time. He's like, you should be posting three to five times. I'm like, ah, but honestly, uh, for me, I, I say that motherhood is my full-time job. Being an agent is my full-time job and social media. It really feels that I give 150% to those three areas and are full-time jobs for me. Absolutely. I, I don't think he's wrong. Like I, I don't think I post nearly enough either, but you also have to balance that with what's realistic for your life and your, and your uh, priorities. Like you said, Um, you know, ideally, yes, you get there, but it's not realistic for, for most people. So you just do the best you can. And the consistency, like you mentioned, you just do it every single day. That's where the magic happens is just consistently being in front of your audience. I think, you know, the other thing for me that's really worked out is that my stuff is not fancy. I'm not putting out content that looks like, uh, anybody's done it because nobody's done it. It's been, it's my face. It's my arm holding. I don't even have a camera light or one of those things on it. So, um, it's me posting, it's me sharing my journey, my story. Um, I don't have any fancy material out there. It's all been me. I haven't even tapped into that kind of stuff yet. It's definitely something that I want to do and a goal of mine. Um, but I'm more of the mindset like slow and steady has really worked for me mm-hmm. um, because I want to still feel happy and passionate about it. And I don't want it to feel like a job. Um, and so I'm just doing everything that means something to me. So when you're looking at my posts or it is like what I'm feeling that day or what I've experienced and sometimes not even what I'm feeling that day that week, because I need a day to kind of consume and understand my own thoughts on, you know, I just had the craziest deal and I'll have to share that story next week when things slow down. But it was like a really interesting transaction that I had. Um, but it's all stories I want to share with people because they're all real. Right. Uh, there's a lot, there's some great lessons in that. Um, you know, one of them is you don't worry about it being perfect as far as your production quality. Like you don't have a ring light. You, you don't over edit and, you know, put the, the text on the top text on the bottom with the progress bar and, and all that. And that stuff's cool. I do that from time to time, but I almost feel like, well, not almost, I do feel like the, just the raw stuff, which is you talking to your, your camera yeah. is the most effective because people can make a connection with you that they can't if it's super over edited. Yeah. I think, I think that, um, it's all I know right now and it's working for me. So I'm not going to change it. I love that. I love that. Yeah. You, you just do it and, do and it. it's working. Yeah. Awesome. When did, when did your success or the business start to really snowball in a positive direction? When did it, when did you really start to gain traction and when did you notice you were getting traction? So I would say that last year was the start. So my second year, the start was really great right away 
two friends trusted me. You know, you talk about a big source of business is your sphere. And I had Mm -hmm. two friends that reached out to me. And I remember saying, like, I said to my friend, why, why did you pick me? You know that I was so early on in the game. Like you could have picked anybody and they're like, because of your heart. Hmm. So it was very interesting, you know, that I was given that opportunity. I'm so grateful to them. Like I, like I always tell them, but I'm super grateful for every client of mine because I really feel like they're giving me a big opportunity. Selling or buying a home is possibly and probably most people's biggest investment. Absolutely. They're trusting me to make it work. Now, did it feel amazing that my friend's house sold in less than five days with like a few five offers or some crazy, like, was that amazing? Definitely. And, and I think where I find myself successful is that this year, I feel confident. Like when I'm talking, I knew what I was talking about last year. I didn't have enough uh, strength to be like, listen to me. But now I'm like so firm with when I really believe in something and I know it's going to work for my client. Like I'm willing to do your way. And it's always about price, right? I'm willing to do your way for 10 days. But if this doesn't work, we're going to have to try my way because I know it'll work. So building that confidence really has literally probably more than ever has come to me in the last month or two where I'm like, no, I know what I'm doing. Please trust me. And when they do, it's like I listed a house in Bernardsville during this pandemic. An hour after I listed it, we held on to it. We held on to it. I was supposed to go live the week when New Jersey really started feeling it. My husband works in the city and their office closed for three days. And I said, oh, New Jersey's next. Hmm. So I called my clients, uh, I'm selling their mom's estate. And I said, listen, they're in Massachusetts. I'm like, I know you probably feel it. Cause I've been noticing your numbers, you know, with this virus happening, I want to hold off to see what happens. And they said, okay. Um, and then I realized three weeks later and I communicated with them through the whole time. I said, New Jersey's kind of shut down, but three weeks later, what I noticed was any house that would go on the market was scooped up. Like fairly quickly. And within my own team, there was multiple offers. So I called them back up and I said, it's time. And we listed it. An hour later, we had a showing. Uh, Within three days, we had multiple offers and uh, we're closing at the end of this month. That's awesome. So I think just trusting and really showing them that I actually believe in myself because I always knew, like even last year, but I think the true success is gosh, I really know it. I know it. And just, uh, just allowing myself to be true and, uh, to be okay with, you know, putting my foot down a little bit, you know, right. In the right way. Exactly. And you're right. It takes confidence and it takes, um, you know, practice to get there. I mean, for me, so I started in 2011 and I was not the same person that I am today by any stretch. Uh, it took me four or five years to really, get any kind of confidence at all. Um, I mean, wow. Uh, and everyone has their own timeline for that. We all start, some of us start right next to the goal line. Some of us start right next to the other goal line, you know, 99 yards away. And, you know, we all just have different experiences, different mindsets and everything. So, um, 
you've got to just run your own race. And I, people hate that, especially when they're struggling and they're like, yeah. well, I need to sell some homes. I need to grow. Don't tell me to be patient. Yeah. Don't tell me uh, that I need to run my own race. Cause damn it. I want to, I just want to get there. We've um, all been there. Totally. Yep, We've I have. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was definitely not patient. Definitely not patient. Something crazy. I mean, my brother always preach, uh, preaches patience and it would like drive me crazy because I'm like, you naturally DNA are patient. I naturally DNA am not patient. Yeah. So uh, that used to drive me crazy. But I think part of the success has actually been the patience, the, the patience that this will come just knowing, um, you know, when you are raised with two brothers, everything for me is like, sports related or, you know, like I just needed the reps every time I have a deal or anything that I talk about, or even the failures, the conversations I have with my brothers and my little brother, whom I really respect as well is he's like, it's, it's the reps. These are your reps. And so that's how I'm going. And I think that, um, it is your own race. I find that when you're desperate, people feel it. When you're, oh, absolutely. For, when you're desperate for a sale, I think uh, not only do people feel it, but like it's just so un, uh, not authentic that like the deal doesn't even feel good. That first year I was taking out not even qualified buyers. Do you understand? I totally. wouldn't even. Now when I had a conversation and they didn't want to get pre-qualified, I'm like, listen, this is what you have to do. Otherwise, I'm not taking you out. Like I might not have that client. But I'm not going to waste my time because they're like, oh, I have money and they're la, la, la. Nope. I need to see the paper. I right. Need to see that you're qualified. I'm not, I'm in position now where time is, my time is actually valuable. Absolutely. And going through the reps, building yep. that confidence is what got you there. Uh, absolutely. I think all of us at a certain stage in our career have done similar things where we needed a deal. We needed business. We, we, so we'd bend a little bit and we'd go maybe show homes to someone who wasn't pre-qualified yet or, you know, whatever, or maybe like, oh, they're going to be such a pain in the ass, but I need the deal. Yep. And, you know, we learn pretty quickly yes, why you shouldn't do those things. Correct. Uh, but I, I have to learn the hard way, Liz. Like yeah. that's how I learn. So in hindsight, I'm glad I did learn that because now I know what it feels like to have a nightmare client that I had a feeling when we first started that she was going to be that way. And sure enough. And so now I'm just like, I don't want to go down that road again. I know what that looks like. Um, it's that, going through the reps. And not only that, then that was okay. But now your time is much more valuable. Mm -hmm. So it's not okay. Correct. Yep. yep. Then I didn't mind because, you know, I got to see homes. I got to learn the inventory. I was hoping and praying that maybe it would come through. And it didn't, but I at least learned something through that. All right. So Liz, what are some of the things that you did aside from videos and, you know, posting on Instagram to market yourself and your business to really start to get that traction so that your sphere of influence knew you, knew you were an agent. What are some of the specific tactics that you've used, sure. um, you know, to, to really grow and to get, to get yeah. clients? So honestly, like my my brother knows this. I'm super frugal. Like I didn't want to spend any money like mm. at all. And 
I think in the beginning, there's so many expenses that you have to pay, right? Oh, and, it's insane. Uh, and so I didn't want to lose money. I knew that. So everything that I did were things that I could do without spending money. And when I say little things like, yes, running ads on Facebook or Instagram, I haven't actually run any ads on Instagram, but our Facebook ads aren't, aren't, you know, things that are going to push me over the edge. So I didn't buy like my signs or anything. I used our team signs, things like that, because I wasn't willing to pay the hundreds of dollars. Um, <laughs> but essentially, like it was so interesting. What I did was really just put out content on Instagram. I spoke to people that are my friends and family. That doesn't cost anything. Texting. I mean, you know, I have a package, so I don't even know. I text all the time. Um, those kind of things. Our team uses, you know, they're part of the curator system. And so their marketing are, are, you know, new listings, things like that. Um, but just converting any, anybody that came through, through those leads, calling them, emailing them, but really the conversion for me and not spending a lot of money has been all through social and all through conversation and all through, um, meeting people, getting connected from friends and family and, building relationships. That's it. Do you get a lot of referrals? Yeah. Now I'm starting to, well, believe it or not, I, am I getting a lot of referrals? I'm starting to this, this year I'm starting to. So, you know, being out there, uh, showcasing, I don't know. Most people don't necessarily want to move to Jersey, even though it's really beautiful. And a lot of people are not, not sure, but Jersey (laughs) has awesome spots, but, um, I actually do referrals often because, um, you know, I'm in a position where, you know, my brothers have this sports agency. So this year I Mm. put out a post um, as their sports agency continues to grow. I want to make sure that I maintain a relationship and make sure that our players for Vayner Sports, you know, are are, uh, treated really well. And as I would expect for everybody, you know, I have a Funny enough, I have a middle school friend who reached out to me and said, Hey Liz, I'm you know, I I really love watching your passion for real estate. I want to buy a house. My middle school friend. It's like, wow, like that's amazing, you know? And so um I've been doing a lot of referrals this year, actually. I love that. Well, and I I imagine that that will happen more and more because of your your audience on Instagram and your consistent content that you put out there. People now know you as a realtor in New Jersey. And so if they're in Phoenix or they're in Salt Lake city, they remember you first because you're in their newsfeed all the time. But that's, that is why content is so important. It's not just done at the local level. And Liz, I want to hear how you've approached this because I think most agents, when they start their careers, especially they think other agents are competitors and they try to avoid yeah. connecting with them or they yeah. don't associate with them. They don't yeah. uh, network with them. I did. I was like, I'm not going to yeah. connect with them. They're a competitor, right? Yep. My business absolutely took off when I started collaborating with other agents, yeah. even local ones. Yes. So many different reasons. And I've done multiple episodes about why you should yeah. be doing that with everybody. Um, how did you settle into that? Like, where do you come down on that? You're making me smile from ear to ear because <laughs> it is something that I really have tapped into just recently, uh, this year specifically. So, um, I too, I, I thought, 
they're my competitor. I'm not going to tag team with any of these agents. I want the business. I don't want them to have the business. But what I've realized is, you know, agents, we know this. It takes two to make a deal go through. Right. It's so much nicer when you're working with somebody that is, first of all, works hard and knows the business, right? And then also incompetent. And then it's also uh, just a better transaction. Like it's nice to have communication with the other agent for me. Just like, you know, I like being able to pick up the phone. So I've really approached it very differently in recently. I too like thought like, why would I highlight or spotlight other people or like really get connected to them? And now I realize like, gosh, nothing is worse than dealing with an agent that really doesn't have it together and um, isn't pleasant. And so I remember when I was making those calls that Tom Ferry was talking about, not only was I getting it from like people who actually picked up the phone, which was not that often, but even when I made appointments with other agents to see their listing with my client, I was always surprised by like how some agents are so rude. Oh, it's the egos. The, the egos and just the crazy. yeah yeah it's, it's interesting crazy. um even the other day somebody watched something of mine and said hey i want to you know i would love to team up and share with you about you know how we help agents with their taxes and i and i wrote something i hope you and your family are well and healthy during this pandemic i'm super happy with who i have right now but if that forever changes anytime changes you know i'll reach out and they were like just taken back by what I think they think is a kind response because I think people, A, don't even respond or B, are snappy. I mean, I've made the right. mistake of not reading the, yeah, my fault. I read the MLS wrong. I didn't know you wanted to be like uh, texted or now I'm really great. But like day seven and day 17 and day 27 and day 47, maybe I misread it. I didn't know that calling you would like tear you apart. Yeah. People yep. don't like to, time to be wasted, but I just, fine, but like, you don't have to be rude. Like, I just approached all of that very differently. There's there's agents that I respect in this industry. Uh, there's an agent in my town of Baskin Ridge. I respect her. She's been in it for a long time. Um, and I see what she does, and I think she's super kind. Her and I have a very nice relationship through text message because she has a ton of listings here. And I just want to work with people that are kind and awesome and competent. Absolutely. And being connected on social media with local competitors, yeah. uh, it's, it really helps because, because of familiarity. Yep. If I'm a listing agent and I get 10 offers, but I yep. know a couple of the list or the buyer's agents who submitted them, and I know because we're connected that they're competent, I know that kind of their personality, then they seem like good people. And that when they say that their buyer is a certain, you know, like they're this, they're that. I believe them. I, I can't help but take more weight or put more weight on that than just some random uh, offer that's emailed. And by the way, don't you love it when they just email an offer and you have no communication yeah, with them yeah, at all? Yeah. Unbelievable, the laziness. But when you know someone, even if it's just a social media connection, that's powerful. And I know that I've helped win multiple offer, uh, I've helped win um, bidding wars because they trusted what I was saying more than some of these other unknowns. Definitely. 
Yeah. And, and they I couldn't agree more with you. I couldn't yeah. agree more. They're not my, you know, arch rivalry, rivalry. I can't even say the word, that. but, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, honestly, it's, it's a tag team. It's, it's really, it's just a lot of pieces, uh, attorneys, uh, that don't work well. Like I also love working with attorneys that I trust because I love picking up the phone and saying, Hey, like we need to get on this. Like this is taking too long. Can you help me out? Blah, blah, blah. Having that or having even lenders that, you know, are going to come through during this pandemic, these large banks are like not being able to close. And I have people that want to move out of the city in 30 days. Mm. I have a lender that can make it happen. So tag teaming with people that can make the deal go through is, is key. And especially if they're pleasant and kind, it's always nice to do uh, business with those kind of people. Absolutely. And it makes the business more fun. It really does. When you have a friendly relationship with agents in your market and outside of it, it just makes it more fun, more enjoyable because then you get socializing and you know, you get friendships out of the business you're already doing. It sucks when I see people separate the two. I just did a deal at the start of this pandemic. My clients were moving from Florida. The husband, uh, we met on Instagram. Um, they came in October. I showed them two towns. They had an idea of one town because their friends said it was amazing. I showed them areas. Then they came, her husband came back in February and we had two days to find a house. Oh, wow. And they put a, uh, an offer in on one house. And it, like really quickly, we just knew that as an agent, we, I knew. And uh, as the buyer, they sensed that this deal wasn't feeling right. And so they wanted to go with the other house. And so I called, I called the other agent and I said, listen, my clients are about to pull out of a deal. I'm going to be straight to the face. This is, what's the number? Would your people even consider this number? What do we have to do to get this closed? My people are moving in 30 days. And she, that agent was like, oh my God, Liz, thank you so much. Like, I don't even want to waste anybody's time. Like, is this something your people are even considering? Like, would this even be a number that they would consider? Could we get it done? And then from there, we kind of negotiate a little bit back and forth. Mm -hmm. Then we write up the contract and then I'm like, I need you to promise that we're going to be out of attorney review in 48 hours. She has an attorney that she trusts. I had an attorney that I trusted and we got it done for these people. There was no dilly dally. And she said, I just really respect and appreciate your candidness. And also just like, let's just get this done if we can. No playing around. I think like where agents might get concerned and where maybe I thought it's like when we're negotiating for friends, we don't want them to think we're weak or like we really want to be aggressive, blah, blah, blah. But you really just get deals done. At the end of the day, it's like everybody has a number. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just figure this out. Right. And you can do it in a collaborative way that's not adversarial. Uh, I agree. It, that whole negotiating term, I it's funny when I hear people think that it's a battle. Yeah. Because honestly, like... It can be. It absolutely yeah. can be. Yeah. But I have found now Salt Lake City, people are different than yeah. East Coast, you know, the sure. city. I get it. But I found that by collaborating like that, now both people, both sides of the deal want to make it work. 
it becomes a team effort as opposed to this battle. And guess what? You're more productive. You're like, well, you know what? My clients need this, but I guess right. that makes sense. Let me see if we can do that. And you negotiate, uh, you negotiate different. Like there's mm-hmm. always like bottom lines and you're not giving away your cards. And like, I, you know, right. I like negotiating, but at the end of the day, I don't want to negotiate where there's going to be zero deals. Like my people want this house or your people want this house. How are we going to figure this out? Let's get to the common denominator and figure this out. Fantastic. That that is fantastic advice. So if you are listening and you're, if you think of it as a battle, when you go into negotiate with other agents or make an offer on a property, try flipping it to a collaborative approach where you're just, you know that they want to sell the house. Your clients want to buy it. Figure it out. Simple, simple as that. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Liz, real quick, because I want to, uh, I want to make sure that we have time for the rapid fire questions at the end, which are just some either or questions. Uh, but before that, what's next for you? So what do you, what are you planning on doing? What does your business look like next year, the year after whatever, what are you building towards? Um, I want to get at your ambitions here. Like what, what, what are you trying to build Liz? You know, it's so funny. My North star has always been in this whole, um, this whole career for me has always been happiness. Mm. The minute this doesn't feel happy for me, I'm out and I'm going to do something that makes me happy. Like I'm really passionate about that. When I was a teacher, I loved it. I was teacher uh, of the year of my second year of teaching. I still am in touch with these families during this pandemic checking in. It always felt good. And then I became a mom, like, you know, being stay at home moms, uh, you know, make creating a house, like making meals, volunteering felt good until like, it didn't feel good until I didn't want to empty the dishwasher anymore until my brain wanted to do something else until I needed other, other areas to feel fulfilled. And so I'm going to do this until it doesn't make me happy. Where do I want to go? Like, listen, I'm not confused. It takes a long time to build a business and a successful business. Yes. I'm more successful than I was last year uh, and the year before, but I'm not at that success yet. I don't know when I'll get there, wherever I think it is. It's not even a number, but I know the feeling, right? Right. Uh, I just want to be more successful. What that looks like to me is I want to be happy next year. I want to help more clients. I want to list more homes. I want to help buyers. I enjoy both listing and selling very differently, helping buyers very differently. I've loved helping first-time homeowners, loved it, loved helping. I've been working with downsizers. That's been really interesting and fun, and I have a great perspective, uh, you know, because I helped my aunt and uncle downsize. That was amazing. Um, what it looks like for me, what I want to build, I just want to be happy. Where, wherever that is, I want to be. I want to continue uh doing Instagram and having women reach out to me and say, thank you so much. Like I'm a stay home mom. That feels so good to me. That feels amazing. Like sometimes I read back, like, I'm like, what? Like, I can't believe that I'm inspiring people. That feels crazy to me. Yep. I'm just a mom. I'm just like a 40 year old New Jersey woman. You know, I, it's pretty crazy to me. So I like that feeling. So whatever that is, I want to continue doing. That's more of that. More of that. That's cool. Do you see yourself building a team and being a team leader? Do you see yourself starting your own brokerage or? You know, I think everybody was like, oh, you're going to have Vayner 
Vayner brokerage, like, you know, and, and the problem is I probably would, but I don't think my brothers are on board. Um, but I don't want that responsibility right now. I'm, I'm a mom first and foremost that I want to raise my kids. My son is 10, my daughter's six. I still have quite a ways to go before I feel like they're going to be super independent where I think something new for me is really embracing that I'm a mom that likes to work that, you know, like I didn't, I've always kind of shied away from that because I don't want people to think I don't love being a mom. I think there's, Mm. you know, such an interesting perspective and thought for women who love to actually work. I love working. I could work when I work 14 hour days, I, I, I'm like so driven. So I want to make it okay for women to understand that just because you love to work and love what you do, that doesn't make you a bad mom. It makes you a great mom because honestly, a happy mom equals happy kids. And you're just, they're watching you. They're seeing, they're seeing you work hard. They're seeing the happiness that comes from working hard. They're, they're watching all of that and soaking it in. So I could not agree more. Like I think as long as you enjoy doing it, that is, that is the great way of being a great mom is, is leading by example and showing them, Hey, I juggle all this stuff. I juggle this craziness and I'm still able to be successful and I love it. I think that's great. That is leading by example. I, and I, and I really believe in that and I'm okay. I'm trying to embrace that more because I do have mom guilt and I'm realizing more and more my kids are seeing, my son wrote like the sweetest poem to me yesterday and I cried because I, you know, his first line was like, mom, you are the shining star of our family. Like Mm -hmm. that, that like, and you make me feel safe and at home every time I'm with you that's it. Like, that's the way I felt about my stay at home mom. And just to, I always question just to have that validation was really huge. Your, your question on team. I don't look to, to create a team. Any, I I don't see that in my vision. I'm very happy being part of my team. I'm also, I think a lot of people quickly think that they, um, that having all your commission feels more exciting, but I, I like being part of a team. I like leaning on people if I need to right now, right here in this game. So I don't see that anytime soon, if at all. Totally get it. Yeah. It's far too many people focus on the cost of doing a transaction and not on the value that maybe you're giving up some of your commission for, and maybe yeah. that's the team and maybe that's uh, you know, resources or tools, yeah. whatever it looks like. There's a million different business models. Um, but that's the important thing is look at it as value, not just the cost of doing a deal. If that's all you care about, you can go find a, a brokerage that'll, you know, 195 per deal. Like, okay. Um, doesn't mean that you're going to get what you want. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Love it. Cool. Um, do you have time for the rapid fire questions? Yeah, awesome. Let's do it. So just pick either, or you don't need to elaborate unless you either want or. to. Oh okay. my goodness. Let's go. Awesome. Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. Instagram or LinkedIn? Instagram. Instagram or TikTok? Oh, Instagram. I'm not a dancer, but I'm going to showcase <laughs> homes. I can't wait to get back into homes. I haven't been mm. inside a home. I sold a home and didn't even step foot in it. That was like really interesting. And um, But I'm going to get down on that TikTok really soon when I can. I'm going to showcase. I'm going to just do. I think a lot of people are are confused. TikTok, uh, you don't have to dance, but you right. have to put content. 
So right. I'm just going to showcase homes. I did one and it, I love the way it looks. So I can't wait to get back on that. That's cool. And congratulations. You've been thriving in this lockdown, in this crazy COVID-19 world where you can't even go show homes, but yet you're still selling them. So congratulations on making it happen. Thank you. Podcasting or audiobooks? Podcasting. Podcasting or physical books? Podcasting. iPhone or Android? iPhone all the way. Good call. Alexa <laughs> or Google Home? Oh, both. Totally fine yeah. with, yeah. Burgers or pizza? Pizza. New York or LA? New York. NFL or NBA? NFL. Let's go Jets. Yes. College or pro? Pro. Um, football or baseball? Football. Mountains baseball. or beach? Oh, yeah, I, I, I know. Listen, I go to baseball games. I can't even go to them because our seats are close. And I keep, I swear, I'm ducking all the time. <laughs> like, the ball coming. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. Yeah. I was also the worst softball player. I have no hand-eye coordination. So I stink <laughs> at softball and tennis. And But I want to pick up tennis. So I don't know. Maybe my game will get stronger. Tennis is fun. Yeah. It, it really is. Like I didn't even start playing tennis till college. And man, I played every freaking night. Um, it's been a while, very out of shape, but tennis is, ju it's just a fun game. Like, I don't want to do the running, but if somebody could bounce the ball so I could <laughs> hit it, that's what I want. <laughs> like, would you hit it to me, please? So yeah. I don't have to move. That's it. <laughs> uh, mountains or beach? Beach. Uh, let's see, podcasting or vlogging? Mm, vlogging. YouTube or Facebook Live? Facebook Live or YouTube. YouTube I'm going YouTube. I'm going to okay. start doing YouTube. Like I'm collecting all my stuff. I'm about to get on. Yeah, me too. Yeah, YouTube is one of those places that I just have I've ignored because of bandwidth. Yeah. Or at least that's the excuse I give myself. Yeah. Um, it's just too big of an opportunity. Way Guess too big. What? That's where. And by the way, that's where I'm going to pay for people to edit. Mm. And I just collect it. I want to drop it off. I want to pay somebody and I want them to do it. Um, but I'm particular and I'll figure it out. But I, I, that's my next move, 100. Love it. I love that. I'm excited for that. I can't wait till you, to see your YouTube videos. Uber or Lyft? Uber. Now, I ask this of every other, I'm going to ask it anyways, just because it's funny. I ask this of every other guest, okay. Gary V or Grant Cardone? Oh my God, <laughs> Gary V all the way. That's pretty much the response that I get from everybody. So, yeah. uh, that, I mean, that, that's that a safe is answer. Not even a choice. It's not even a choice. Not even yeah. a choice. Uh, what's the most impactful book that you've ever read or listened to? Um, I think it was. Uh, I'm so bad at like titles. Uh, well, crushing it, crushing it. Really, yeah. the book that I actually read on that flight to Germany with my brother, where I signed up for real estate school, and he was editing, crushing it. And I got to read it before it was released. And I thought, these people are listening to my brother and are successful. And I'm his sister with the same DNA and same blood. And you're telling me that I'm not following his rules? So crushing it. And then I, I, I love like uh, Tuesdays with Maury, like all about mm -hmm. life and just like, like get it together, people. Life is so beautiful. That kind of stuff, you know? 
It really is. I lo- get it together, people. Or the greatest salesman stuff, like deep impacted things like that. Love it. Um, and then give us an app recommendation. Which app are you using a lot of or that you're obsessed with right now? Oh, man. Let's see. I got to look at what I'm actually using. I mean, the apps that I have are like Slack I use every day, right? Like that's not even... Um, I heard a Slack notification come in earlier. Yeah. And now my kids are coming in. Um, I guess Slack would be like notes, things like that. My like flashlight when I'm Practical. Showing. Yeah. Practical stuff. Nothing crazy. I mean, my kids, like if I showed you a rainbow ice cream app and uh, ice cream ink and candy crush for my kids, they take over my phone and then I get notifications. I'm like, ah, get this off. <laughs> yeah, mine are all practical stuff. Awesome. Well, Liz, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your story. It's uh, it's cool to see what you've built for yourself. And, you know, access to information is only one one thing. It's important, of course, but now, now you have to do something with it. You have to have, you have to take action and and you know put the stuff that you just learned into practice and you have. And so it's really cool to watch your journey. I'm really excited to see what you do over the next couple of years. Um, it looks like you're really having fun. And, you know, I really appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So much. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. And where can people find you and follow you and, and uh, stay up to date on what you're up to? So you can find me on Instagram, Liz Novello, L-I-Z-N-O-V-V-N-O-V-E-L-L-O. <laughs> Man, I'm like, my kids are walking in this room. Um, I used to think Vaynerchuk was like a name very easily butchered, but then I became Novello and people call me Novella and I'm like, it's an O at the end. Oh so my Novello. God. Um, Facebook, same place, LinkedIn, same place, all same name. Awesome. Liz, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was so fun. You bet. Take care. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, if you found it valuable in any way, shape or form, please, for the love of God, do us a favor being that this is a free podcast. We don't charge you to listen. I mean, who the hell does that anyways, but we don't. And I'm a marketer, so I'm going to spin it as, hey, we're doing you, Mr. Listener or Mrs. Listener. We're doing you a favor by giving you a free podcast. So now that I've guilted you, please share this. (laughs) If you found value in it, share this with a friend, a colleague, a team member, team leader, your broker, your office, a Facebook group that's for other agents, Whatever it is, please help us to share it. And that is all we ask. So help us share the good word. If you found it to be a good word or the good word, whatever, uh, we appreciate it. So thank you guys. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it so much. Uh, We'll see you back here next week for another episode of the Massive Agent Podcast. Take care. Take care.